welcome to This Week in Video Games, episode 9. My name's Tom Kershaw, and this is a podcast all about the world of video games. So this week, we're going to get into first impressions of Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, and how I've been getting on in The Division 2. So Google have also announced their streaming service for video games, and we'll get into the details of that. In news this week, 343 have a little bit of pizza banter with their fans, Anthem improves the loot rate, Nintendo shows off some indie titles, and Sony have announced a new video update called State of Play. We'll also get into the weekly charts and what's coming up next week. So if you want to get involved in the show, email us on podcast at thisweekinvideogames.com or check out the latest on the website. Send in your questions, comments and video game stories. We're always interested in hearing from you. We're also available on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube and Instagram to search This Week in Video Games on your favourite platform and join in the conversation. Well, welcome to the show, everyone. I hope you're well and having a good week. I'm pretty good. I managed to take some time out this week and I caught up with uh, Captain Marvel at the movies, which is pretty good. Um, I'd say it's a pretty solid 7 out of 10 movie. Um, There's good action set pieces, uh, the effects are really good, the story's pretty good. Uh, But they seem to try and fill quite a lot of backstory into a short amount of time. And ultimately, uh, for me, it felt like a setup uh, to Avengers Endgame. But it was pretty good. Um, I mean, if you're into the whole um, MCU, then yeah, by all means, go and see it. I'm not sure how it would work as a kind of standalone thing. Um, But yeah, I'd say generally pretty good. Otherwise, outside of the world of video games, um, Billions is back on TV, uh, which is awesome. And the writers are switching it up this season and they've got Chuck Rhodes and Bobby Axelrod. They're working together this season, having spent the last three seasons kind of fighting against each other. So Billions is a great show, uh, and if you've got access to HBO or Sky Atlantic or something like that, then I'd definitely recommend that one. So thank you so much for taking the time to download or stream This Week in Video Games. I really do appreciate every listen Uh, that we get and uh, I really appreciate you taking the time out to hang out with me each week and talk about video games. So just before we get into what I've been playing this week uh, I just wanted to thank specifically fans from all around the world who've been downloading and streaming and uh, listening to This Week in Video Games. Uh, So I was just having a look at some of the podcast stats uh, which I've got on, on on the system here and we've got um, people obviously in the United Kingdom uh, United States, we've got Germany, uh, UAE, in, in Brazil as well, Australia, Hong Kong, Poland, Morocco, Sweden, the Maldives, Ukraine, Indonesia, Taiwan, Thailand and Colombia. So wherever you are all around the world, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, listen and download This Week in Video Games. I really appreciate it um, from wherever you are in the world. So thank you very much. Right, so let's uh, get into what I've been playing this week. So mainly this week, so we've had uh, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice come out. That's been taking up uh, a lot of my time over the last few days since it came out on Friday. Uh, I've also been continuing my playthrough of The Division 2, which is going really well, really, really enjoying that. 
And I've also been continuing my game of the Game of Thrones board game uh, on Thronemaster.net. So we'll talk about all those uh, all those three things now. So Sekiro: Shadows Die Twice. It's the it's the latest game from From Software, and uh, yeah, like I said, it comes it came out on Friday, and Sekiro is definitely ready to give you a challenge. Uh, so Sekiro: Shadows Die Twice. It's the latest game from developer From Software. So they created Bloodborne and the Dark Souls series. So much like the other um, games they've released um, from From Software, Sekiro is tough. But if you can get past that difficulty, it's super rewarding. I, I found myself kind of banging my head against a brick wall with the first few bosses. But that moment when you, when you defeat the boss, is, there's, there's nothing like it. So Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, it's an action-adventure game played from a third-person perspective. And the game follows a shinobi known as Sekiro and his story of revenge on his samurai attacker. So unlike the other games in the Soul series, the game doesn't have as many RPG elements. For example, character creation, multiplayer elements and levelling up abilities. However, you can upgrade your gear, there is a skill tree, and there's a little bit of character customization without kind of going into uh, spoilers. Combat is super tough, but really rewarding once you get the hand of it. So rather than kind of beating down health bars, Sekiro attacks enemies' balance and poise, and you look for an opportunity to strike a killing blow. There's stealth elements, uh, allowing you to sneak up on enemies and deliver that stealth kill from behind. So as well as your trusty katana, Sekiro can use a variety of tools such as a grappling hook and other um, prosthetic tools. So there's more tools available later on in the game that provide um, variety to the combat and the world traversal as well. So the game is fast and the movement feels really, really good. So you can sneak up on enemies like stealth style. You can creep through the reeds and gaining a positional upper hand on your enemies. Uh, and running and jumping feels really fluid as you can double jump up and over walls. Um, and finally, you can kind of cling onto ledges and uh, just kind of generally sneak around to get to those harder to reach spots. So the game takes place in 16th century Sengoku, Japan. Um, Sekiro's a shinobi. Um, he was left for dead after a battle with this mysterious samurai. So Sekiro's lord is then kidnapped and the shinobi is left for dead. He's mortally wounded. The really interesting thing is the game's default language is Japanese with English subtitles, which really kind of helps the kind of whole feel for the game. But if I think you can change it up if you if you don't want to go with the Japanese um, default language. But uh, for me, it really sort of adds to the whole world building element. So I, I kind of left it there. The focus of the game is incredibly difficult series of boss battles. So practice is the name of the game. So you have to know every move, every defence and every attack that your boss is going to come at you with. Um, so they come at you with an intensity which makes you feel breathless at times. I mean, it can be super frustrating getting so close to the end only to get chopped down with a single blow. However, here lies the ultimate satisfaction. So you learn the moveset, you understand your opponent's attacks even before they do to win. I don't think I've ever played a game where every single move counts like it does in Sekiro. So I'm only a few hours into the game at the minute, but I'm having a great time with the game so far. 
Uh, I'm new to the Soul series as well, uh, although I've heard a lot of great things about From Software's previous titles, and having heard those good things, I really, I'm really happy that I picked up Sekiro Shadows Die twice. So, if you're up for a challenge and you enjoy action-adventure games, then this might be for you. And uh, we'll be back in a few weeks with a full review, although I think it might be a little bit longer than normal than a full review, because, uh, like I say, this one is tough. So Sekiro Shadows Die Twice is available now for Xbox One, PS4 and PC. Okay, so um, The Division 2. Um, I've been continuing my playthrough with The Division 2 this week. And I'm about level 9 and I've started to pick up some better loot. Um, I'm really enjoying the campaign. Specifically the enemy AI and how interesting and fun the missions are. The set pieces are fantastic. Um, the combat variety is really interesting um, and it, it really could be the new kind of gold standard in terms of these looter shooter games. Um, so I've, I've mainly been playing through the campaign missions and the game is, is really impressive. From an initial launch point of view it went really smoothly for me. Uh, I'm playing on PC, uh, I'm playing solo at the moment. But I have, you can, there is a mechanic in the game where you can kind of send up flares and call in for help. So I've had a few people join in and help me out on the missions. Uh, and I haven't really encountered too many bugs or issues. Uh, the graphics and the audio is awesome. Uh, and compared to my time with the original Division, I'm, I have to say I'm really enjoying this much, much more. Uh, I feel myself being drawn back to the game time after time. And I'm looking forward to finishing up the campaign and getting into the end game. I think the only issue really is I don't have enough time to play it at the moment. So um, I'm going to try and get uh, get stuck into the campaign uh, next week and uh, yeah, approach kind of level 30 because that's that's really where where the game kind of opens up. But the fantastic thing about the division is it feels super rewarding um, as you play it. Uh, like I said, I'm only about level nine at the moment, but I'm picking up new guns, picking up new armor pieces, and my kind of time investment into the game really is being rewarded. And it's, I hate to draw comparisons to Anthem, which came out um, only uh, a month or maybe six weeks or so ago, um, but I, I guess those comparisons are gonna be drawn because they were launched uh, very, on a very kind of similar time scale. And the division really is kind of smashing it out of the park um, compared to, um, quite a lot of the failings that Anthem have had, uh, which is a shame. But yeah, Division 2, having a super fun time with it at the moment, and uh, if, if you were on the fence and you were kind of waiting to see what the Division 2 launch was like, and um, how it was going to be received and things like that, um, I'd really, really recommend picking it up. So, next I've been playing the Game of Thrones board game, and that's through uh, Thronemaster.net, that's the online version of the... Um, fantasy flight game uh, of Game of Thrones. Uh, so I started out as Greyjoy and uh, I'm kind of positioned in between the Starks and the Lannisters and the thing, the thing about the Greyjoys, uh, anyone who plays the Game of Thrones board game will know that um, when you start as Greyjoy you tend to get entangled into battles with the Lannisters unless uh, unless you can make a, a truce or something earlier on in the game. And that's exactly where I am in the game at the minute. I had a really good first round and won my first two battles. 
but the second round, Lannister's kicked me back, and uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm caught between kind of a rock and a hard place at the moment between the Starks and the Lannisters. But yeah, so if you've got five friends and you like strategy board games uh, and you like Game of Thrones, I de- definitely recommend this one. Um, so Fantasy Flight Games. Uh, they do a physical version of the game, and it's really fun to kind of get your mates around um, and uh, yeah, have a few games of this. We, in with my friends, we tend to kind of rotate the hosts, uh, and we we go down. Yeah, we go um, to different parts of the country, and uh, yeah, have a few beers. And uh, I mean, you're going to need a little bit of time for this because the the time investment. I think one of the games that we played lasted uh for for about 12 hours and <laughs> there was there was a couple of games ago where we we started the game a little bit late we ended up playing until about i, I don't know about half past five in the morning or something like that and it, it turned into a battle of wills where everyone was so tired by about four thirty in the morning um it was uh, <laughs> he who had the strongest will and maybe wasn't as drunk as everyone else uh, would win the game because um, the tiredness and the booze had just sort of kicked in at that point. And uh, yeah, but it's always it's always a fun time. Yes, yeah, so a big shout out to Neil, Chris, Marcos, Adam, and Henry, uh, my Game of Thrones uh, board game playing buddies. And uh, yeah, that game continues. So I'll, I'll let you know how that goes uh, next week. So next up we're going to be talking GDC news and so GDC the game developers conference that was this week and the talk of the town has been Google announcing their new streaming service uh, Stadia. So Google have ended uh, months of speculation by announcing their new streaming service Stadia. So uh, a few weeks ago back on the podcast we looked at the impact of streaming services in video games. So um, if you missed that one, go back and check out episode 7 of the podcast or you can have a look at the full kind of write-up on thisweekinvideogames.com. Just go to the website and search uh, the impact of streaming services uh, and you should be able to find it. So when we had a look at the impact in streaming services a couple of weeks ago, um, it was all all the talk was about Google's Project Stream. So that was the code name for the project um, and I believe they did some beta testing last year um, where Assassin's Creed Odyssey was uh, made available um, via their streaming service. Uh, but now uh, Project Stream has evolved into Google Stadia and there's a few little hidden surprises in there and uh, it also throws up um, some quite interesting questions and discussions as well. So. Google's new uh, video game streaming service, uh, Stadia, is going to be released in uh, the UK, uh, US, uh, Canada, and the most of Europe in uh, 2019. However, we don't know uh, too much about pricing just yet. So, um, what is Google Stadia? Uh, so, if, if, if you're new to, um, I guess, uh, video game streaming services and things like that, it's a complete... Um, it's a monumental shift in how we think about uh, delivering video games to the audience. Uh, so Stadia is a streaming service for video games and it promises to bring the best games to everyone in the world, as sort of said by Google. 
Yeah, so rather than have physical discs or a console, uh, games and software are going to be beamed to your uh, devices uh, directly, um, rather than having something attached to a TV or a monitor um, like we've had for, I guess, 30 years up until, until now. So there's, there's rumours of it being a subscription service, which um, is much like other services that we use, uh, like Netflix for movies or Spotify for music. Um, however, we don't know too much about the delivery mechanism yet and the pricing and more, more to the point how, how video games developers are going to get paid. That's, that's something we'll, we'll talk about in a bit. So in terms of how Stadia is going to work, rather than having a console under your TV or having a PC on your desk, um, the processing and the delivery of data is going to be done by huge data centers all around the world. So the games are going to be delivered to your device over the internet with the promise of high quality gaming on any device that have access to Google Chrome browser. So Google's got a data center network that covers about 200 countries and they aim to bring 4K 60fps gaming to a potential audience of over 2 billion devices that have a Chrome browser. And in the future Google plans to support 8K with 120 frames per second gaming. Um, and I mean, that, that just sort of blows my mind, really. Uh, and the recommended internet speed is about 25 um, megabits per second for a smooth running experience at the moment. So the really interesting thing in terms of about what software and what hardware do you need. Uh, so you can run Google Stadia if you have access to a Chrome browser. You don't need to worry about your um, PC's um, capabilities or its power itself. That's all taken care for you by Google in their data centers. Although you'll be able to view games on a phone, tablet, browser or TV uh, through Google Chromecast, you'll actually control the games through a standard video game controller. So Google have created their own controller. Although it looks like a standard video game controller, albeit with a few neat features like sharing high quality clips to YouTube and it's got the Google Assistant integration for guides and walkthroughs as well. So you might be at a certain point in the game and you can say, hey Google, um, show me how to get past this boss or something like that. Probably a little bit more of a specific search query than that. Uh, and it will bring you up a video on YouTube and it will show you how to do it, which is, which is really interesting. Uh, so there's some other features as well, um, as well as the kind of power and availability of Google. Um, they unveiled some other neat little features that could have a big impact in the video game space. Um, so YouTube, uh, and this is, you, the YouTube integration is something that blindsided a lot of commentators. I guess we were all thinking that um, it's a streaming service and it's all about uh, delivery. Uh, but Stadia comes with a tight YouTube integration allowing for the quick sharing of clips. Um, and really cool as well, if you're watching a streamer playing the game, there's going to be a button um, below that stream saying play now. So as a viewer, you could be watching a clip, um, watching your favorite streamer play a game, and it, you know, just it will be as easy as clicking a button, and in five seconds you'll be playing that game. So this this is really interesting when it comes to say um, E3 or the future of kind of video game announcements. Um, much like Nintendo do on their directs at the moment, you can kind of you know sometimes they'll announce a game and they can say. And it's available now, and everyone kind of goes down. Uh, everyone goes to the store to download it, 
Um, but now you could be watching an announcement stream from anyone from PlayStation um, or anyone from uh, EA, Bioware, Activision, um, you know, uh, that kind of thing. And you could play immediately, which is which is really, really interesting and uh, attractive for the video game consumer. Um, we've also got crowd play as well. Uh, so that's a feature that allows streamers to connect with their audience. You can queue them up. And you can actually bring them into their game state. Uh, so you could be watching a streamer one minute and playing with them the next. Um, so that's that's really interesting. Um, state share as well. So this, this is really cool. So developers and streamers, you can share states of the game, allowing other players to take on the same moment. So for example, you might be watching a streamer who's facing a particularly challenging boss. Uh, the streamer can then share that game state and allow the viewers to take on the boss in the same conditions. Um, now this this is really mind-blowing and, and something, again, a lot of commentators hadn't really considered um, and could be super, super, super exciting. So um, let's say in, uh, in Destiny uh, you're all kind of working together to um, fight a raid boss. Uh, you could actually... As a streamer, you could throw out that moment to your audience and say, okay, you know, me and my team did it this way, let's see if you can do it any better. Or let's say a speedrunner is taking on a particularly challenging moment in Super Mario Bros. 3 or something. The streamer could then um, throw out that moment to uh, their audience and see if they could do a better job. So really, really interesting stuff from Google there. And... Uh, yeah, so next up, um, we're going to talk about some of the games and the studios that Google are working with and uh, the fact that they've started their own game studio as well. So they're working with lots of developers for Stadia uh, and they're looking to port some of the games to their service. So developers like Take-Two, Bethesda and Ubisoft, they've been working with Google for some time. So Doom Eternal from id Software and Bethesda was playable at GDC and it was running at 4K 60fps. So Google have also started their own game studio as well called Stadia Games and Entertainment which is led by Jade Raymond formerly of EA and Ubisoft and they're going to be creating exclusive titles for Stadia. However in terms of the timeline for what we're going to see uh, from Stadia um, that's unclear at the minute but I imagine if Jade only recently started then it's probably going to be a couple of years before we see anything materialize out of that division. So you can check out a quick recap of the announcement from GDC on thisweekinvideogames.com. Uh, just go to the website and type in Google Stadia and you'll find uh, that uh, full announcement there. So, so we discussed a little bit a few weeks ago what this kind of means for video games. Um, well... I mean, to be honest, it, you know, it could be game-changing. It's all really, really exciting news. Uh, as we discussed on the podcast a few weeks ago, the future really is about streaming services in video games, but we've kind of yet to glimpse the future. So Google's come in with a huge network of data centers and engineering talent behind them and could really do something game-changing in the video game space. So it really feels, it really feels like the future of entertainment is in the hands of... Um, of the gatekeepers who have the data centers and the engineering kind of muscle to pull all this stuff off. So 
what, you know, what does it mean for video games? Does it mean the end of consoles? Does it mean the end of buying physical games? Uh, I guess you only have to look at what happened in music and TV and the film industry for a glimpse of the future of, of the video games industry. So it'll be really interesting to see how other companies adapt to this news. So Microsoft already have been kind of that they've they've been leaking out little details. They're laying the groundwork for their streaming future. So Microsoft are surely going to announce their streaming platform and give us some more details at E3, if not before. You can almost see their kind of shift into that kind of streaming landscape with some of the, the, the hardware choices that they're making at the minute and some of the services that they've been, that they've been kind of testing out there with, uh, with Game Pass and, and things like that. So I think Microsoft are pretty well kind of positioned to uh, to compete against Google, but can Nintendo and Sony adapt effectively? Um, also, you know, we've had rumours this weekend as well of Apple um, perhaps imminently announcing some kind of service, and we've got Amazon waiting in the wings with their data centres and their kind of networking infrastructure, who could really compete with um, you know the big players in the game. Um, but I guess, you know, you know, what will happen? Will the current big three, so you've got Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo, will the big three um, still be the big three in a few years' time? You know, what will, what will, Google, what will Google Stadia do? How will uh, that competition kind of shake up the market? Um, it's it's going to be really interesting to see. Um, so one of the big, one of the big questions um, that I would imagine a lot of developers at GDC um, are going to be asking is yes this looks great the tech looks fantastic uh, really really excited to get on board but how are you know how are we going to get paid um, you know if there's a subscription service um, you only have to look at Spotify who do a kind of monthly subscription um, I think it's 9.99 here in the UK um, and only a small fraction of that it's I guess it's um, number of plays that uh, goes back to the original artist. Now, I'm not sure if video game companies and developers really would, you know, be happy with, um, you know, that kind of deal. You know, what is the metric that Google and Google Stadia are going to be measuring? Um, you know, is it time spent um, with the audience playing their game um, and things like that? You know, will developers want to give up, um, you know, um, we're paying £50, £60 sometimes uh, for a game. Um, are game companies really want to give up that revenue? Um, or will the market just shift that way and they'll be kind of forced to adapt? Um, also, is, you know, is the network infrastructure there? You know, 5G, um, maybe, you know, it's just around the corner. The infrastructure's being laid in at the minute it's being tested. Um, I'm I'm lucky enough here in London. Um, I have a hundred up and a hundred down, uh, with a chance to go to a gig up and a gig down. I think, but um, it you know it hasn't always been that way. Only a few years ago, it was anywhere between five and ten, and I had I had really really bad internet. I'm just lucky that I had fiber optic kind of installed into into the block kind of where I live. But I know um, for a lot of kind of uh, video game fans around the UK and around the world, they don't have access to super fast internet. Um, so maybe Google are kind of just laying the groundwork at the minute 
and they're releasing this, you know, they're going to be releasing this service for the early adopters and perhaps they're making a play before the 5G kind of network infrastructure gets put into place. So when 5G does come out, they're going to be there ready already with an established service and, uh, you know, and, and fans. But it's, it's, it's really, really interesting news from GDC and... Uh, just you know, hearing some of the reports uh, around the press as well, saying that the whole industry was in that room, waiting with bated breath, and seeing what uh, Google were doing. And if you know, if anyone's going to come into the space and do a great job, then you know Google have the the engineering talent, uh, the money, and the capabilities to really kind of put that all together and do something uh, game changing in the space. So. Yeah, really, really interesting news from Google. Um, and I'm, I'm really interested to hear what you think about Google Stadia. So do let me know uh, on podcast at thisweekinvideogames.com and uh, send in your uh, thoughts about Google Stadia. You know, what do you think? Um, do you think, um, you know, this is the future? Do you think it's maybe too early and it's going to flop? Uh, how do you feel about, you know, not buying a console? Not, you know, one of the, one of the, biggest childhood memories for me is getting a console kind of under the Christmas tree or or for you know for a birthday present or something like that um, I think my most recent memory of uh, getting a console was when I got my PS4 and I got a Destiny uh, back in 2014 and I think I bought that for myself as a kind of birthday present to me and yeah there's nothing like opening up a console but you know are are those kind of thoughts you know just uh, just kind of old man thoughts and uh, you know is availability and uh, you know convenience is you know that that seems to be where everything's going with uh, music movies and tv so yeah really interesting stuff and uh, yeah really interested to hear what you think um, I put out a poll on twitter and facebook and there was about a 50 50 split between it being the future and it being a flop so yeah send in your um, comments and your thoughts to uh, podcast at thisweekinvideogames.com and uh, I'm sure we're going to be talking about Google Stadia much more in the coming weeks. Right, so that's it for Google Stadia and now let's check out what else has been in the news. Okay, so first up in the news this week, 343 Studios gives pizza back to their community and uh, this is quite a funny little story. Um, so a new pizza skin has arrived in Halo 5. Now, on the face of it, this might seem a little bit of an odd update to add into a Halo game. You know, what has you know pizza got to do with Halo? But there is a good backstory. So last week, 343 Studios announced uh, plans for Halo the Master Chief Collection. That's coming to PC later in 2019. So previously, uh, the rumors were met with huge excitement from the Halo community, with one specific fan promising pizza for 343 Studios if Halo was announced during Inside Xbox last week. So Halo the Master Chief Collection was announced and the fan made good on his promise after Brian Jarrett got involved in the thread. So he updated Twitter saying it has begun and pizzas are actually showing up at the office. Uh, and it was um, at GameCheat13, you're too kind. Brian was thanking the fan there. If you go and check out this, this, uh, this thread, it's, it's super funny. Uh, so pizzas started coming in, and then there was more pizza, and then there was more pizza, <laughs> and Brian Jared 
He, he thanked fans, but he had to ask them to stop sending in pizza because it was becoming a logistical nightmare. The receptionist wasn't there and they didn't want perfectly good uh, food going to waste. So the, And the best bit of this story is 343 then followed up the pizza banter with a last slice weapon skin. So they updated the community on Twitter last Monday saying, thank you for the outpouring of excitement over the news that Halo, the Master Chief collection is coming to PC. As a token of our gratitude, we'd like to offer you a hot slice of pepperoni within Halo 5. Jump online today and pick up your complimentary last slice skin. And yeah, I think it's a great demonstration of positivity and excitement and good on 343 Studios um, for the release of that new skin and you know taking everything taking in, in their stride. Yeah, good one. So next up we're gonna talk about Anthem. So Anthem has improved the loot drop rates in the game. Um, so Bioware um, detailed in the latest update to Anthem fans. So they've updated Anthem server side, meaning you don't have to download anything. Um, so the next time you go back to Anthem, um, it will just be there for you and it will be automatic. And it's going to allow loot drops um, more regularly in specific scenarios. So these changes include, we've got Masterwork and Legendary drop rates have been increased for Grandmaster 2 and Grandmaster 3 difficulty levels, uh, which is really good news. Uh, and Masterwork and Legendary drop rates, they've been increased for harder enemies at all difficulty levels. So that includes Legendary Ancient Ash Titan, Elite Ancient Ash Titan, uh, Legendary Fury, Legendary Ursix, and Legendary Luminary as well. Uh, so they're welcome changes as Anthem players have been asking Bioware to tweak the loot drop rates uh, to make the game much more generous. Um, so recently Anthem's loot drop um, rate was more regular. However, that turned out to be a bug and then Bioware kind of fixed it. Uh, and the Bioware community manager then wrote a big response um, to a player on Reddit saying Anthem is here to stay. So one of the things about a looter shooter game is really you want to be kind of showered in loot. Um, you know, we were talking about the Division earlier, or the Division 2, and the fact that, you know, I'm really finding my time with the game rewarding. So yeah, we had, you know, we had a big update to Anthem. Uh, you were getting showered in loot, um, and then it turned out to be a bug, and then they fixed it. So it's really good to see that uh, Bioware are listening to the community and responding to feedback and hopefully over the coming weeks Anthem is only going to get better. So next up, exciting news for Apex Legends fans as uh, Season 1 was announced. Uh, so Season 1 Wild Frontier started this Tuesday, just gone. And uh, so EA announced that Season 1 for Apex Legends, um, so it's got a battle pass and it was released at uh, 10 a.m. PT on Tuesday the 19th. So the Battle Pass costs about uh, 950 Apex coins, uh, which I think is roughly around uh, eight to 10 pounds or something like that. Um, and you can purchase the Battle Pass bundle for 2,500 Apex coins. So as we mentioned before, season one is entitled Wild Frontier, and everyone who plays season one is going to be entitled to free content including you get uh, a Wild Frontier skin, 5 Apex packs and 18 Wild Frontier stat trackers. Uh, and we've also got a new character as well, Octane. Uh, so the uh, the rumours were true on that one. So Octane is I think is all about speed, uh, all about velocity. Um, so yeah, really really interesting. And you can earn over a 100 unique rewards throughout the season 
and uh, you can find out the full details on Wild Frontier on uh, This Week in Video Games. Um, just go to the website and uh, search for Apex Legends and you'll find that article. Uh, I've sort of fallen off of Apex Legends at the minute. I've been um, busy playing Sekiro, uh, Division 2 and uh, Anthem. Um, but yeah, really looking forward to going back and checking out um, how everyone's getting on in Apex Legends Season 1. I did read that um, there was a little bit of negative feedback. People saying there was a lot of stat trackers and the Season 1 rewards as you kind of progress through the battle pass. They weren't, uh, they weren't all that good. So it'll be, it'll, yeah, it'll be good to see what uh, Respawn do, whether they, you know, whether they kind of tweak things or change things. They did say before in uh, one of their last updates on Reddit that they, they kind of want to make meaningful changes. Um, but yeah, I guess um, with their season two battle pass in three months time, It'll be yeah, it'll be good to see um, you know what changes they make and if they've listened to the community. So next up, we've got an update from Nintendo, and uh, we've got a new bunch of indies lineup coming from uh, Nintendo uh, over the next few months. Uh, so Cuphead is coming to Nintendo Switch. So the charming yet tough bullet hell game, the side scroller, is coming to Nintendo Switch this April. So Nintendo, uh, they held an indie showcase, and I think they even held it from GDC this, this week. And the big announcement is Cuphead is coming to Nintendo Switch on April the 18th, 2019. Uh, so Studio MDHR confirmed shortly after with a tweet saying, We're so excited to announce Cuphead is indeed coming to Nintendo Switch on April the 18th. And you can actually go and pre-purchase that on the eShop um, starting... Uh, starting today, and that was earlier this week. So if you want to go to the eShop and uh, pre-purchase Cuphead for Nintendo Switch, uh, please do. Uh, so Cuphead originally launched on PC and Xbox One in 2017, and it released a much fanfare around its unique art style and uh, tough bullet hell gameplay. So after the original announcement for Cuphead coming to Nintendo Switch, Microsoft chimed in confirming it would support Xbox Live features with a post-launch update. So this follows on from Minecraft on Switch featuring Xbox Live features as well. And uh, yeah, um, Microsoft's original GDC schedule page stated that Xbox Live would be coming to Switch, iOS and Android. But since they did that kind of update to their schedule, they have officially confirmed that Xbox Live will be coming only to mobile devices, so that's iOS and Android, and not the Nintendo Switch. Although these latest developments with Cuphead could mean that Microsoft and Nintendo are edging towards closer relationships, although nothing, nothing really is confirmed yet. So Cuphead is available for pre-order on Nintendo's eShop today, and uh, yeah, go and check it out. Um, and you can check out the full Nindies um, Spring Showcase on thisweekinvideogames.com. Uh, just go to the website and uh, type in Cuphead. Okay, next up, uh, we've got exciting news from Sony as PlayStation announced State of Play. So it's a new video showcase from Sony talking about all things PlayStation, which is really, really cool. Uh, so PlayStation will um, broadcast the episode one of State of Play on Monday the 25th of March at 9pm GMT or 10pm CET, so that's tomorrow. 
so State of Play is a new video um, showcase from PlayStation updating its community on new software, trailers and hardware as well and probably um, PlayStation VR stuff as well. Um, so this is similar to Nintendo who've been running their Nintendo Direct videos for some time now and it seems like a model that everyone else is kind of getting into. Um, so you can watch the full stream on Twitch, YouTube, Facebook and Twitter. Check out the full details from Sony on their website. Uh, and we've got a link to all of those things on thisweekinvideogames.com. Uh, just go to the website and type in the search box State of Play. Uh, I think Microsoft also announced a, um, a kind of Nintendo Direct style video update for their indies as well. So it seems like Nintendo are really um, trailblazing and um, you know letting everyone know how it's done. Next up we've got um, some different kind of news uh, where we have a look at some audio content rather than video game stuff. So BBC Sounds is now featuring a video games collection uh, on the app and on the website. So BBC Sounds are currently featuring video game related programs to listen to on demand. So I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm playing video games, uh, I don't like to listen to the game music itself. Uh, sometimes I listen to podcasts or music or something like that. If I'm, you know, if I'm getting in the groove and uh, I just want to sort of sit back and chill for a bit, you know, sometimes I put on an album, sometimes I put on a podcast. But I've discovered something that maybe um, you'd be interested in. So if you're like me and you like listening to music and other stuff while you're playing video games, then I've got a recommendation for you. So BBC Sounds, they're currently featuring a collection of music focused on video games. So one of the best programs in this collection is an extended interview with Charlie Brooker, uh, who discusses his passion for video game music and how it's all influenced his career. So he's created programs like Gameswipe and Bandersnatch as well. Uh, and so let's have a look at the whole collection here. Uh, so Charlie Brooker's uh, video game playlist, uh, I think it's about 60 minutes, so it's it's really good. It's a really good mix of interview, uh, interviews, uh, music, and uh, yeah, I guess just, you know, Charlie Brooker's opinion on stuff. Uh, really, really interesting. Really enjoyed that one. Uh, there's also the History of Video Game Music Part 1 and 2, uh, which is really cool. We've got the Sound of Cinema Video Game Music, which is discussing the nature of video game music. Um, then there's a program entitled Computing uh, Britain uh, UK Gaming. Uh, so the story of teens writing uh, games in their bedrooms to a billion dollar industry being born, uh, which is really, really cool. And finally, there's the C word, uh, Game On which is where you can meet the people who play, make money, and even study eSports. So, yeah, you can listen to the whole collection uh, over on uh, BBC Sounds. So that's a, that's a free app that you can just download through um, Android or iOS. Um, otherwise, go over to uh, bbc.co.uk forward slash sounds to check out that music. Uh, it's about halfway down the page, and I think it's a section on the page called Daily Discovery. Uh, look for the video game collection, uh, open it up, and uh, there you are. So yeah, that's it for the news this week. Next up, let's have a look at the charts. Okay, so the charts this week. Uh, in at number 10, we've got new Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe. That's back in the top 10 this week after uh, spending a week or so outside the top 10, up one from 11. 
Um, in at number nine, we've got Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Uh, that's down one place from last week, which was number eight. Uh, down two places um, from six to eight, we've got Far Cry New Dawn. And uh, down four places from three to seven is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Then at number six, we've got Devil May Cry 5, which was last week's number one. And uh, at number five, we've got the Lego Movie 2 a video game, which is up two places from number seven last week. Um, then at number four, we've got FIFA 19. That's up one place from five last week. And uh, Grand Theft Auto 5 in at number three, um, up seven places from ten last week. I don't know what's going on with Grand Theft Auto 5, but that has really shot up the charts. I, I did hear that um, Grand Theft Auto 5 is having a bit of a rejuvenation on Twitch at the moment, uh, with a lot of big streamers doing kind of role-playing adventures, you know, taking on the role of a cop, taking on the role of you know a lot of characters. And apparently that's 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 uh, yeah that's really good to watch. So head on over to Twitch and uh, check out Grand Theft Auto Five for that uh, role-playing hijinks. Um, holding fast at number two, we've got Red Dead Redemption Two. That's the only non-mover this week. And then in at number one, we've got Tom Clancy's The Division Two. So that's it for the charts this week. Let's uh, let's take a look at what we've got coming up next week. So coming up next week, my goodness me, we've got a lot of games. So yeah, bear with us as we go through this list. So March the 25th, we've got Battlefield 5 uh, Firestorm. That's coming to PC, uh, PS4 and Xbox One as well. And then on March the 26th, my goodness, we've got a lot of stuff. So we've got Final Fantasy 7. That's coming out on Xbox and Switch. Uh, we've got Final Fantasy 15. Episode Arden um, DLC, that's coming out on PC, PS4 and Xbox One. Um, we've got Generation Zero, that's coming out on PC, PS4 and Xbox One as well. Then we've got uh, the Lego Movie 2 video game that's coming out in the US, that's uh, on the Switch in a physical edition. And uh, also on the 26th we've got Our World is Ended, that's coming out on PS4 and the Switch in the US as well. Uh, then we've got Outward, that's coming out on PC, PS4 and Xbox One. We've got Skyworld, that's coming out on PSVR. We've got Space Junkies, that's coming out on PC and PSVR. And then Telltale's The Walking Dead, the final season, episode 4, Take Us Back, that's coming out on PC, PS4, Xbox One and Switch. And then finally on March the 26th we've got um, Waves at the Atlantide. That's coming out on PC. So then on March the 28th, we've got War Party. That's coming out on PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. And we've also got The World Next Door. That's coming out on PC and Switch uh, as well. Then on March the 29th, we've got Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered. That's coming out on PC, PS4, and Xbox One. And we've also got Assassin's Creed Liberation Remastered. That's coming out on PC, PS4, and Xbox One as well. Uh, then we've got Kingdom Hearts, the story so far. That's coming out on PS4. And then Legend of Heroes, uh, Trails of Cold Steel. That's coming out in the EU on PS4. And uh, we've got Tropico 6. That's coming out on PC. And finally, we've got Yoshi's Crafted World coming out on Switch. Also on the 29th of March as well. Wow. So a lot of games there, 
Uh, just having a yeah scan back through that list. I think Yoshi's Crafted World looks pretty good. I played the demo of that a few weeks ago. That looks good. Final Fantasy VII on Switch. That looks good. I've got a little bit more traveling coming up soon, so I was looking looking for a new kind of Switch game. So that looks good fun. Brilliant. Okay, so that's it for coming up next week. And uh, yeah, I just I guess it, all, all that's left to do is to thank you for um, listening to This Week in Video Games this week. Um, that's it for today. Uh, don't forget to get in touch about anything you've heard on the show. And if you like what you hear, do subscribe. And it would be great if you could leave us a nice review on iTunes. It really helps us get the word out about the podcast. Um, we're always looking for input on the show. And uh, contact us on podcast at thisweekinvideogames.com or you can get in touch via Twitter, Facebook and Instagram and YouTube as well. So search This Week in Video Games anywhere and do get involved. Uh, so next week um, we've got another interview lined up for next week on the podcast which is super exciting. Uh, we've got another British games developer which we're talking to about a game coming out in spring. So really excited to bring you that. So I'm hoping to get reviews of The Division 2 and Sekiro Shadows Die Twice done for uh, next week. Um, but it may just be The Division 2 because um, Sekiro is super hard and it's just constantly kicking my ass. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I fully recommend um, Sekiro. Uh, if, like me, uh, you hadn't dived into a From Software game before, uh, like Dark Souls or Bloodborne, and you're kind of on the fence, I reckon dive in. Uh, you'll really enjoy it. It's super fun. You get a beat down, to be honest. But, um, yeah, really, really enjoyable. You should dive in. And Division 2 as well. Super fun. It's I, I put out uh, my top five games of 2019 so far earlier on Twitter um, this week. And, yeah, Division 2 is up there. It's number one. So... Well, I hope you have a great week and we'll get together again to chat about video games next weekend. Until then, I'll see you soon.